the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Good morning and welcome. Patriot Radio News Hour. Joe and Jason on this Monday. And right now, uh, Jason is invisible on YouTube. But don't worry. He, he is actually uh, physically there. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll get to him in just a minute. And, and uh, I'll let uh, Jack know that uh, Joey's on the line, but he cannot hear anything. Uh, Jack, if that will help you, let me know uh, if that gets worked out. Uh, as we're working on our our uh, new system here, uh, we're, 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 we're working on it. We're working the kinks out. Uh, every day we learn a little bit more. But if you're just waking up today, if you haven't been paying attention, uh, the second largest bank failure uh, occurred over the weekend with First Republic. We'll give you all the details. Uh, just not shocking uh, that J.P. Morgan, yes, J.P. Morgan, is going to end up uh, with with the deposits of, of First Republic. But before we get to that, our toll-free number, 800-951-0592, the website at allamericangold.com. And, uh, Jason, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. You're quiet, but I, I can hear you, and I think you can hear me. I can absolutely hear you. Now uh, we'll see if uh, – I don't know that Joey can hear us yet. Joey, can you hear us? Guys, can you hear me? Yep, yep, yep we got you. All right. Obviously, uh, Joey uh, works at Northwestern Mutual. We've been telling everybody, hey, you don't want to have excess money in the bank – uh, obviously get your gold and your silver put away, but uh, that's why you call people like Joey at Northwestern Mutual because you guys aren't a bank. You guys don't have uh, cash problems. You, you don't have to worry about limiting withdrawals or, or getting taken over. Uh, but I think Jamie Dimon said it right this morning. This This part, this part, of the banking crisis is over. Uh, but unfortunately, Joe, I think there's more more to come, uh, especially if you you, you watch uh, Warren Buffett, his, little, his right-hand man, Charlie Munger, uh, talking about these banks being loaded uh, with commercial real estate, which he says uh, is loaded with commercial real estate defaults. I, I think that could be the, the next leg that's going to pressure a lot more of these banks. Yeah, you bring up a good point, which is certainly something that could bring a lot of pressure in the future on these banks. And, you know, one thing about Northwestern Mutual, we're not a bank. We're not publicly traded. So we're not impressing stockholders, which has allowed us to hold more cash than everybody else. Right? We, we, we are able to have more cash than everyone else simply due to our premiums, to the life insurance, and then the way we invest. We're highly regulated. We're AAA rated. By no means we are a bank. When people give us their money, they always have access to it. 
And, and you bring up the point of these banks all being in, in the commercial real estate. Well, they're putting all their eggs or most of their eggs into one basket, which is something you would never see Northwestern Mutual do with a company. And, and on top of, hey, get your gold, get your silver. A lot of advisors out there, you know, they're against buying gold and silver. They're, they're against that due to, hey, instead of having gold and silver, why don't you invest more dollars with me? Right, whereas myself and my team, gold and silver is a great part of your portfolio. I want to make sure we do have some of that. When the market has bad times, gold and silver generally do pretty well. Right, but making sure we're not putting everything into one basket and we're creating diversification and we're drawing out a plan that's designed to help you achieve what you're trying to achieve in your life, whether it's a vision for retirement it's paying for your children's education, it's leaving something behind, or, or maybe it's just planning that awesome trip to Europe you have with the family. Whatever it may be, our recommendations are purely based off of what you're trying to achieve there. Yeah, and exactly. You know, you talk about uh, what people are trying to achieve. You know, uh, and Joey grew up here in Arizona, so he's seen it where – uh, grandma and grandpa want to, want to be near the grandkids, right? And, and, uh, this is where they live. And so they, they get that, that second house. They get that, uh, that, that winter place where, hey, where I live, uh, it's snowing and it's cold. I'm going to be in Arizona. I'm going to be in Florida. Maybe I'm going to be in Texas. Uh, but th- those are all things that if planned properly can happen. The problem is for most people, uh, by the time they're, they're even thinking about that. Right, they're already in their sixties. Where hey, if we started planning yep. uh, for that in their in your forties or or fifties, these things can get done. Exactly. I mean, there's there's so many of these goals that we have, but we just don't plan for them, especially when we're younger, like you mentioned, forties and fifties. And by the time like, oh, we need to do it, we're sixty. But you know, part of that, if you do have a relationship with an advisor, is they're not asking you the right questions or what things truly matter to you. When we talk about retirement, that's something we're going to bring up. Okay, well, hey, today you live in Colorado. Have you ever thought about retiring and staying in Colorado or you think about moving somewhere else and buying a new place? And we're making sure that we're having all of these conversations to really figure out what it is you want to achieve. You know, most people come to us with an idea and we have a conversation with them just about, life and, and what they want to achieve and 99% of the time something comes up a goal of theirs that they hadn't even thought about that they would like to, to implement and plan for and it all stems from a thoughtful conversation of, of people my team and I really wanting to figure out hey what's making you chug and why are you going to work every day we'll be back with more don't touch that dial Joe and Jason here on this Monday. Uh, we have my son Joey from Northwestern Mutual. Uh, the, he's a financial advisor for, for them. A, a lot of you have been reaching out, uh, because you're figuring out, hey, wait a minute. Uh, this, this may not be the best place, uh, for, for me to put my money. Plus, you know what? My advisor isn't asking me any of these questions. Matter of fact, uh, I don't even know the last time I even talked to my guy. I'm not even sure what he's doing. Uh, th- these are things, these are pretty common in the industry, aren't they, Joey? It, it is very common in the industry. And really what you see is 
advisors get lazy. Oh, I've been doing this for 20 years now. I've got recurring revenue, blah, 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 blah. Now I just send emails out to people every now and then with an account statement once a year, and then that's it for my service. And I just want people to know they're listening to this. That's not how we operate, and that's not how we do things. Every client matters to us. I don't care if you, you bring in $10 million a year or if you bring in $50,000 a year. We're going to put in the same amount of effort, the same amount of transparency to make sure we're doing what's right by you. And honestly, the biggest thing that comes with that is communication and educating people on their plan. want to make sure that we're, we're doing what you want us to do. The relationship is yours to control. You want me to reach out every quarter, we will do that. Every six months, we will do that. Once a month, we will do that. I want to emphasize, hey, listen, we are providing a service for you. And whatever you envision that service being, we can tailor it to, to your needs and what you'd like to have in terms of our communication and transparency. Um, you'll, you'll never get dead filed by me. We'll never put you off to the side because what matters is that we help everyone out and put them in a better spot than we were before. And uh, quite often, I, I talk to a lot of people all the time, over a 1,000 people, and it's usually the same thing with their advisor, which is, hey, oh, I don't have a relationship with them. I've been working with them for 10 years, but, you know, we don't, we don't talk, we don't communicate. He sends me a statement once a year, and that's about it. And what I would say to you was, how do you know that plan is up to date? And how do you know that plan is based upon what you're trying to achieve 10 years ago? You're in a way different spot than you are today. That's why we're making sure we're updating everything every six months. I mean, life is so crazy. Things change pretty fast and before we even know it most of the time. So that's why we want to make sure we're staying in touch with you. We don't want to just be your financial advisor. We want to be someone you can count on and be in your corner and and someone that's going to provide you with, one, an education on things, but also be 100% honest and transparent with everything that's going on and especially with our market outlook. You know, what it you know as we watch all of this unfold, we got a Fed meeting again on Wednesday. A lot of us expecting another quarter point rate hike uh and then there's people say, you know talking hey they're going to bring up the possibility of maybe a pause uh while still trying to say hey rates are going to be higher for longer, uh, but because that's what they have been saying. In other words, we may stop hiking rates, uh, but don't expect us to start lowering rates anytime soon. Uh, but again, these are things where when, when the Fed changes policy, uh, there, there's a good chance that your portfolio needs to change with it. Yeah, there is a very good chance. I mean, when... When interest rates change like this, it creates a huge economic cycle, right? You know, inflation was in crazy eyes. So what did we do? We jacked up the rates, and we continue to jack them up a bit. And because of that, bonds went down double digits. Equities went down double digits, right? So it's making sure that we have a philosophy of planning and investments, but we're making the proper changes, which is something my team and I are doing every quarter. We're rebalancing our clients' portfolios. We're doing the cliche, buying low, selling high, rebalancing, making sure we're properly allocated. And I think the biggest thing I see with 
especially listeners entering retirement that, that work with another guy is, hey, you're chasing gains you don't need to chase. You're way too aggressive in the market, which is why you lost 25% last year. And you're 10 years away from retiring. How do you feel about that? The answer is 10 times out of 10 is terrible. They didn't get a phone call from their guy, right? So I think it's very important that, hey, you work with someone that has similar values and that has a work ethic to make sure we're putting you in the best spot possible at all times, right? I lose sleep over this stuff. I make sure we're constantly doing what's right for people. We work 12, 12 12-hour days, Monday through Friday. We do weekend work as well. We just want to make sure that all of our clients are taken care of. And two, the most important thing is you have a better relationship with us than the guy you had before, right? I've had a lot of people call me, ask, the reason why you're not asking that guy you've been with for 20 years is because he tells you the same thing over and over and over, no matter what's changed in your life, and they're not doing a comprehensive plan. They're just trying to create a transaction, right? So if you want to work with someone who's going to put in all the work, who's going to compete for your business, and who's going to be 100% transparent with everything, making sure that we're always on top of stuff and holding you accountable, Shoot me a phone call, right? Let's have a discussion. Let's have a conversation. Let's see if I can be a resource for you. And you can reach me at my personal cell, which is 602-909-9048. Again, that's 602-909-9048. I'm always happy to help and listen, and I really do think the planning we're doing over here is different than everyone else, and that KHNC listeners especially We'll enjoy the conversation and our conservative approach to how we do our planning. Well, you know, the, the funny part is, is you're talking about a lot of people that, that have been reaching out to you and, and, and when you guys looked at, uh, their portfolio, cause you guys do, uh, do the, the, the planning and show people whether or not they're tracking or not. And for a lot of people, hey, that you were tracking, but your advisor left you, uh, uh, you know, 100% in, in a, in a market where the Fed was going to be destroying everybody with rate hikes, and all of a sudden you lost 25% of your money, and now you're not tracking, right? Which uh, was something where, hey, at Northwestern Mutual, we wouldn't have allowed that to happen. We would have told you, hey, let's, you did a great job. Way to go. We're here now. Let's make sure we, we stay where we need to be and, and not have that type of exposure. But that's all about uh, about planning. If you don't do that type of planning, uh, you just don't know. And, of course, the advisor, he, he, he's because a lot of these guys, well, if, if you make more, I make more. Well, guess what? Sometimes you don't need to make more. Exactly. You don't need to make more, and there's no reason to do it. I'd rather put us in a better position where instead of losing 25, that we lost 10. You're never going to hear me say that if the market's down 25%, we're probably not going to have gains that year. Being straight up honest with you on that. But it should be down 25, it's down 10. You know what happens when it's down 10? I still get paid more than it did if it was down 25. So we've positioned you now. So when the market goes back up 20%, you're making 15, 20. Right, So it is in my best interest to do what's best for you, but these other advisors, you know what their answer is to these problems? Just give me more money every month. Give me more money every month. We'll keep buying low, and then it'll recover, and that way you're investing more with me. Right? We're not going to do that. It is important that we stay disciplined, but the answer is never going to be 
give me more money when things go wrong? The answer is going to be how we position ourselves better in the marketplace so that your dollars are actually working for you and not against you. Joey, give out that contact information one last time. Yeah, just reach me at my personal cell. That is 602-909-9048. Again, that is 602-909-9048. If I miss your call, please leave me a voicemail or shoot me a text message, and I will get back to my earliest convenience, and we will go from there. But as always, it's always a pleasure to be on the show. Uh, so thanks for having me, and I hope everyone has a great rest of the week. There you have it. Uh, that's my kid from Northwestern Mutual. Uh, make sure you're doing right by your money. Listen, no one's going to look out for your money better than you. Uh, that's really, uh, at the end of the day, the primary message, but at least you're going to have a guy that's going to always constantly stay in contact with you to help you better do that. So, uh, especially nowadays, I, I can guarantee you most of these financial planners were saying, oh, it's fine, don't worry. Uh, well, guess what? It wasn't fine. You needed to worry. Uh, when we get back, you know what, we'll start because we still got a little bit of time here uh, Jason, you know, the, the takeover of First Republic today, uh, the, the, the big thing is JP Morgan's going to take over all of the deposits. The FDIC is gonna get hit with a $13 billion loss on top of it. And this is a story that you don't get. And this is why people listen here. They're also loaning. J.P. Morgan, $50 billion. The FDIC is loaning them $50 billion. So, Jason, this is the thing. When you really add it up between uh, Silicon Valley, uh, Signature Bank, now First Republic, and this loan to J.P. Morgan, I mean, the FDIC is probably down to, what, $50, $60 billion. Yeah, I got little shades of 1907, you know, J.P. Morgan, you know, bailing bailing a bank out. <laughs> That's what started us down the path of uh, the Federal Reserve to begin with was a was a J.P. Morgan bailout. Oh, I'm I'm, I'm yeah. such a kind Bear individual. Bear Stearns for two dollars. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna save the American economy, but you should put something in place so that this doesn't happen again. And six years later, we had the Federal Reserve Bank and. This is definitely a different situation, but still, it's, it's interesting always to hear any of that name being associated with bailing out a bank or helping the financial system because obviously there's uh, there's something more going on. And I don't know, Joe, I, uh, how many more of these banks are they going to be able to buy out? I guess right. Yeah, three three of the four largest bankruptcies uh, or bank uh, defaults have happened this year. And Jamie Dimon's out on TV trying to tell everybody, oh, no, our banking system is very, very sound. No, it's not. That, that That's just simply not true. Uh, and when you look at, at what happened here, uh, not only did they not buy them for $2 a share, right? They, they set up this little deal that, hey, okay, here's, think about where, where uh, First Republic was. They had a hundred billion dollars of deposits left. Thirty billion of that was from those eleven banks. So really, they only had seventy billion dollars worth of deposits. Then the FDIC takes a thirteen billion dollar hit. So that's almost what almost a twenty percent haircut right there. Then on top of that, 
oh, by the way, uh, we're going to loan you 50 billion. So we're going to take a $13 billion haircut and then loan you 50 billion. That's $63 billion on $70 billion worth of deposits. Really? Ultimately, because another 30 billion, that doesn't count. What is wrong with that picture, Jason? I mean, something really, when you really think about it, this whole thing stinks. Well, and how big is the bailout actually? Because, you know, they, they tend to uh, fudge the numbers. Just like $5 trillion in bailouts in 2008, that ended up being $29 trillion. So is this one of those things where nobody really can bail these banks out so secretly? Some some money is just being run off the uh, printing press, uh, entering the account of J.P. Morgan, and then conveniently uh, bailing out uh, New Republic, you know, Republic Bank. I mean, you know, we don't know where the money's coming from, Joe. They, they could say it's J.P. Morgan, but is it really J.P. Morgan's money that's bailing it out? Yeah, and again, th- this is the funny part about all of this. Uh, when you really figure out what's happening here. You know, we had $19 trillion of deposits. I say had because, listen, at least a trillion of that has disappeared into money markets and other places. Uh, but, but you're talking about the need to insure about $10 trillion. Well, how the heck do you insure $10 trillion with 50 or $60 billion? Picture Radio News Hour. We'll be back right after the break. 800-951-0592. Joe and Jason. Uh, Jason's having a, some technical difficulty. So, YouTubers, uh, you only get to see my beautiful face today. Uh, but uh, we're working on it. But, uh, yeah, you know, I'm the better looking one anyway. Quick look here at the markets. Uh, gold is is down about $6 right now, 1992. Gold's had a weird day today. Uh, it's been as high as 2015, uh, as low as 1985. Uh, and, I, and, again, I expect it to just hang out in this area. Uh, probably, you know, that's probably a really good range. Let, let's call it, say, you know, somewhere, you know, 1970 to 2020 until Wednesday afternoon. And then, uh, after, uh, after Wednesday's afternoon when Jay Powell's press conference come out, uh, if there's the pause talk that we think there's going to be, then get ready. because uh, I think that's going to be the catalyst for gold to hit new all-time highs out there. The, the Dow is mixed. The Nasdaq's lower. The S&P is lower. Uh, the Dow is up uh, only a, a few points right now uh, as the 10-year, no, I mean, it's kind of laughable, but 355, which is higher, higher than it's been <laughs> all week as the Fed is going to, we expect them to raise rates to get to that 5% level between 5 and 5 and a quarter. If you're tired of this nonsense, if you're tired uh, of being lied to and, and told that the Fed can fix uh, all of these problems and they talk about, oh, we got all these tools, but really it's just debt. It's the same tool that they've used for the last 50 years. Check out our friends at Y-Refi. Up to 10.25% rate of return, and it's not 
correlated to Wall Street. You don't have to worry about what Jay Powell says or doesn't say on Wednesday. Uh, you're locked in. Uh, you can do what you want. Uh, the interest is compounded daily. You can use it as income. You can roll it back in. If you need to end early, you get all of your principal back. Check them out. Invest. Yrefi.com. That's the word invest, the letter Y. R-E-F-Y dot com. Or just call them. 888-Y-REFI-24. Uh, 888-Y-REFI-24. Remember, you need to have at least $50,000 and you can use uh, existing IRAs to do it with. But Jason, I think this is kind of the range we're going to be in. Silver, by the way, silver's at 25 bucks. Silver was up a dollar this morning. It was at uh, 25.96, so just under a dollar. Uh, silver's had, you know, gold's had a wild ride. Silver's had a wild ride. I think people are getting ready, Jason. Uh, as soon as the Fed starts to hint that the rate hiking cycle is going to at least pause, if not stop completely, I think it's off to the races. Yeah, we'll have to see what they say. I have a feeling like the last couple of meetings are going to not say a whole lot. You know, they, they usually say a whole bunch of mumbo-jumbo. That doesn't mean a whole lot. But once in a while, they do say things that indicates where they're headed. I have a feeling it's going to be a whole lot of mushy maybes, you know. <laughs> maybe this and maybe that. And it's always, we'll have to look at the economic indicators to make a decision. You know, kind of what they always say. But uh, I think you're right. They'll raise the rates another quarter point. But maybe you're right. Maybe they'll indicate... Maybe they, you know, this will be the important part for everybody uh, in the financial markets. Yeah, this looks like it might be the last one. We'll see if they actually can say that out loud. We'll see. We'll see, yeah. I, I think they won't say it's the last one. I do think they'll hint that they it may be appropriate to pause. right? Because, you know, they'll give some, uh, well, there's a lagging effect. In, and we're, we're now at this rate where, uh, at least with our, PCE deflator, uh, it's in the high fours. Uh, we're now at five, so we're above that number. Uh, and, and I think that's what they'll do. They won't say it's the last one, but I do think they'll open the door for a pause. But I had a, a, a customer send me this, uh, Daniel Amerman. He's, uh, he's one of these guys. He does a, a, uh, I, I'll call it a blog or what have you. Uh, but he he was saying, you know, he made some good points about the Fed. You know, because the easy answer is hey, with a with a with a few strokes of a keyboard, the Fed prints money out of thin air. Right? That's kinda you know, you hear Jason and I, we've said that really technically that's not what they do. They really print debt out of thin air. That's an important distinction. And one of the ways that they do it is, is they used, especially when you think about uh, when they started quantitative easing again. Remember, the, the balance sheet was, what, a little over $4 trillion, and then we went almost to $9 trillion. You know, the Fed added $4.8 trillion worth of debt to their balance sheet since uh, 2019, and a lot of it was done, believe it or not, through our deposits. Of course, we don't own the money anymore. Yeah, the Fed basically was creating the debt using the deposits that was excess. And of course, remember one of the great things: the government was sending everybody checks, so there was a you know deposits. You know the the, the deposit levels shot way up, 
And the Fed used this little tool, Jason, to essentially use that as a way to borrow and then lend it back to these banks in a different form. Well, guess what? Deposits aren't going up anymore. Uh, it's going to be a much harder trick for them to pull off in the future. I agree with that. They uh, they had a problem in 2008, and it was uh, ba- the banks were insolvent because of uh, you know bad bad mortgage investing. Uh, but so when they when they pumped all those trillions of dollars into different countries and into different banks. Uh, it didn't have the inflative situation we have now because it didn't really go anywhere. It just sort of solidifies big institutions. When uh, 2019 happened and the repo market was showing that somebody or multiple somebodies couldn't take care of their business on the banking side, then suddenly here comes coronavirus, just blows right on through, and they print 40% of the money that's in circulation today was printed in 2020, going into 2021. That was put into general circulation. I was sent to people, that was sent to institution businesses. And that's why we have the inflation we have today. That's why it didn't happen then and it happened now. So if if you if people are if you're a gold buyer and you're like, well I remember what happened in two thousand eleven and then I had to wait years for it to come back. That's not the same situation. This is totally different. And look at how many times gold is popping into the two thousand territory coming down, popping back up, coming down, popping back up just the last couple of years. It's showing that uh uh, yeah, there might be some paper sellers out there trying to keep gold down, but it's as we know with these massive premiums, the physical price is just saying, you know what, the paper price can go get stuffed because this is what it costs to get an ounce of silver. You know, forty-four dollars for a silver eagle, Joe. That's that's how many dollars? Nineteen dollars over over spot. And and Joe's you know Joe doesn't like it. He's like, well, this is unfortunate. It's unfortunate because people look at that and they get afraid to buy, right, Joe? They're trying to Which tell you not exactly to buy, right, exactly what Joe? they want, right? That's exactly what they want you to be. 800-951-0592. Joe and Jason will be back right after the break. 800-951-0592. Joe and Jason, Patriot News Hour. I got the $20 gold. You know, this is the best price uh, we've had in $20 gold in a while. I, I don't know exactly when, but it has been so long. Uh, twenty four hundred and fifty dollars right now. Uh, that's thirty five dollars less than what it is currently. So it's a great savings. Two thousand four hundred and fifty U.S. twenty dollar gold pieces at eight hundred nine five one zero five nine two. As we learned that not only uh, did the FDIC have to take a thirteen billion dollar hit. They're going to loan J.P. Morgan $50 billion, and J.P. Morgan takes over the deposits. And like I said, $30 billion of the deposits were from those banks. Somehow they needed uh, $63 billion for $70 billion in deposits. Something, something is not right at all. Uh, and it's going to be uh, very interesting how this all plays out. And we're talking about... Uh, you know, the, the realities of the FDIC, right? That, uh, they do have, now they do have a hundred billion dollar line of credit with the Treasury Department. You know, an emergency. Of course, right now, as I told you, really, they're down to about fifty billion dollars. Now, we're at the debt ceiling, so right now, here, here's the bad part. If anything really bad happened, right? Uh, 
I don't know that the Treasury could even load them a hundred billion dollars, right? Because then they'd be out of money, right? We right as of right now, no one's really sure where we're going to hit the limit. Uh, it, tax receipts have been coming in very slow, so uh, people thought that they could go till September. They're, they can't. Now everyone's guessing. Worst case scenario, early June. I don't think so. I think my my guess is sometime mid to late July, uh, we're going to hit the debt ceiling. But we got to assume it's going to get raised, right? Because you know that just makes a lot of sense. But that's it. There is no other money there uh, for the the bailout of these banks uh, if and when they're going to be needed. And then, Jason, look, let's not forget, at the same time, the world is de-dollarizing, right? I mean, every week now, uh, some other country in the world says, you know what, that's it, we're done, we're going to trade uh, in renembis with China. And, and just just last month, for the very first time ever, more people traded it with China in cross-border transactions in renembis than they did with U.S. dollars, and, and it was the pace, right? A hundred billion dollars less in a single month. And Jason, that puts even more pressure uh, on the debt, right? Because here we are, we're in the situation where we need to keep printing, keep printing, and keep printing. Now deposits are going down. Which okay, that that's a lot less buyers of debt. Now at the same time, countries are saying, "Hey, we need less dollars, right? We don't need to hold that many treasuries." J- Jason, this is really—you can see the storm brewing. Yeah, and I'm not—I'm not as assuming as you are that they're going to raise the debt limit right away. I think it will happen, but maybe. Maybe this is something that pushes into 2024. What if they don't raise the debt limit? I mean, we're in a place where deposits are lower. We know the Fed is now uh, tapering, or they've been, you know, they've been tightening, right? And they're raising the rates again, yet again on on uh, Wednesday. And I, I don't know what the end goal is. Their, their situ- where they want this thing for sure to go. But right now, everything's about tightening and tightening and tightening and and less money and less money. So maybe the debt ceiling doesn't get risen in June or July. And this thing gets pushed into the election cycle of 2024 and becomes the, the, the big football for that election. And uh, the crashing and burning of, of the job market and businesses and the uh, commercial property and all this stuff really comes to a head later this year into next year. So, Joe, jo, I, I get the, the feeling the debt ceiling maybe doesn't get raised right away. It, it, they, got the, they got the Republican Congress to stop it, right? Well, they have to raise it because they're going to be out of my will going to default. Now, to your point. They may just say, hey, we're going to raise it until December 31st, right? In other words, we won't even give it a dollar value. We'll give it a time. Uh, right now, obviously, the Republicans uh, were, were willing to raise it $4.8 trillion, but they, you know, all these stipulations that came with it, the, the Democratic Senate was like, no, not doing that. So at some point, whether it be early June, middle of July, whatever that date is, they're going to have to do something or will be in default. In other words, the, the, the Treasury's checkbook is empty. There's no more money. They can't write another check uh, if they don't raise it. But to your point, Jason, this could be something where uh, they just raise it 
uh, you know, a few months at a time, six months at a time, and let this turn into an election problem. Well, they've they've not raised it immediately before in the past, so they just start shutting things down, right? The government starts. To well, that's shut where down. we're at now. We're already doing that now. So the the treasuries not putting money into the pensions. They're spending uh, all the excess money. Matter of fact, they're taking money out of the pensions and using that. So they're they're right now in what we call emergency measures. Uh, and, and again, with tax receipts falling, all of a sudden now the the they're going to run out of money a little sooner. So this is a drop dead number. So the, the, in the next, let's say, you know, six to eight weeks, something's going to have to be done. Isn't that when Fed now starts? Is in July? That is when Fed now starts, right? Right at that say interesting, right? Uh-oh, did we just connect the dot? I don't know. 800-951-0592. Patriot Radio News Hour. Final segment coming up. 800-951-0592. Uh, the Fed meeting starts tomorrow. Uh, we'll get our answer on Wednesday. Uh, I, I, I like where gold and silver are sitting, uh, especially with, uh, as we know, uh, the the amount of pressure in the banking system is very intense right now, despite what they're telling you. Believe me when I say this, every time the rates go higher, more banks are in more trouble. We already know commercial real estate, it's already started. Uh, we're contracting the money supply, the, the de-dollarization, as we just talked about. Now deposits are falling Right, these are all bad indicators. Right, this is these are things, and why I think they're going to use the pause because well, we need time now to let this stuff work out because they already know, they already know what's coming. Uh, we heard from McDonald's last week. Their CEO said, "Uh oh, all of a sudden, people are ordering less." We got the same comments over the weekend out of Chipotle. Uh, it, and I uh, forget, it was somebody else too, out of there saying, hey, uh, all of a sudden, uh, the consumer, uh, they're, they're spending less, right? They're, they're not getting the, the extra guacamole. They're not getting the side of chips. They're not ordering a drink. Jason, these are all very, very big indicators. Uh, we know about Bed Bath & Beyond. Looks like that is a, a liquidation. Uh, now Jenny Craig, you know, the weight loss Jenny Craig they had 500 locations in the U.S. Uh, they're getting, they're going to be shutting all of those locations. And Jason, I think it's early, but it has definitely started. And I've noticed uh, personally, you know, when I'm purchasing things, the uh, the shrinkflation has been really crazy. You know, the same price with less stuff in the bag. I, I, you know, when you talk about how many units did you sell, well, if you sold, you know, a million uh, 16 ounce units. Now you're only selling a million eight ounce units or twelve ounce units, Joe. That that shows a lot less being purchased. Also, you know, it's it's shrinkflation is the one that most people most people get when they're looking at it, but it's really easy to slip by people. And it seems like all these packages and boxes and things are just you know they're just getting a, a little smaller every day. So uh, I think that's kind of what you're seeing with Chipotle too. It's uh, uh, you know you get you go there and still eat, but you're getting way less stuff. That's to me, that's another version of shrinkflation. Just you're getting less to keep the cost down. Yeah, and and again, whether it's shrinkflation, 
whether it's just hey, it, it's the the rising cost of everything. When we look at, uh, we had some ISM data out today. Uh, it again, it just screams the same thing, which is slow, but yet price pressure. Right? That's that's the classic textbook definition of stagflation. And I think this has become. Uh, it's really starting to become fully entrenched here. And I think, again, like I said, I don't think the Fed and Jay Powell, uh, it, he does, he lacks the courage. He's not Paul Volcker. Uh, and I, I really, I'll be shocked if Wednesday goes anything other than them opening the door for an end to rate hikes. Well, a pause to rate hikes. But I do believe he's still going to try to talk tough and say, hey, don't don't look for us to lower rates. Yet all the real good economists out there are saying, yeah, they're probably going to have to lower before the end of the year. Yeah, we'll see. You know, the July seems to be a, a looming month now. you got Fed now and you got debt ceilings and, uh, you know, rate hikes or rate declines. I think that July will definitely be a, hey, should we lower them? That could all happen in July, Joe. All of it could be then. And where it's going to, gold going to be then? Get in it now. $20 Liberties, 2450 at 800-951-0592. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.